Well, welcome. This is 89.1 FM Radio coming to you from Lorain, Ohio. I'm very happy you tuned in. Uh, I think we have another good show for you and uh, some special guests in the mm-hmm. near offing. But once again, if you're listening to this broadcast and you're getting static or the message isn't clear coming through, please go to, um, just pick us up on your computer, your iPad, go to www.wnzn.org. That's WNZN.org. And you should get a clear message coming through there, clear uh, sound. But I do know that due to weather and some other things, sometimes you might get a distorted uh, sound or a little bit yeah. of uh, static. Mm-hmm. So again, I'm here with my good friend, assistant David Abood. Hey, Jan. Great to be here today. Good, good. We got a very uh, important uh, topic today, maybe one of the most important topics for a Christian. Yeah. And it's where the disciples would approach Jesus in uh, Luke chapter 11, and it's also in Matthew chapter 6. But they wanted to know how to pray. Yes. So we're going to be looking at that, what some people would call the Our Father, others would call it the Lord's Prayer, the Disciples' Prayer. Uh, the perfect prayer? The most perfect yeah. prayer. You know, it's a, it's a, it's a model, it's a pattern <clears throat> right. for a perfect prayer. But up to this time, the apostles had seen Jesus praying. If you look at the mm-hmm. Gospel of Luke, he's praying at his baptism in right. Luke chapter 3. He's pre- uh, before he starts his first preaching tour in Luke chapter 5, he's praying. Yeah. When he feeds the 5,000, he prays. When he's choosing the 12 apostles, he prays all night before that at his transfiguration. So they've seen him pray, and they know that John's John the Baptist's disciples have prayed. You'll see that back in Luke chapter 5. Right. So they in Luke 11, it says, yeah. And it came to pass, as Jesus was praying, he stopped praying. One of his disciples said to him, Lord, Teach us to pray, as John taught his disciples. So they're mm-hmm. asking Jesus. This is an important thing. Oh, yeah. Jesus seeks our questions. You know. Yeah. You know, he wants us to grow, and of course, one of the ways these guys are going to grow is they're going to learn how to pray. Mm-hmm. And so he says, "This will start what's called again the Lord's Prayer or the Our Father," and that's when he says, "When you pray, uh, pray thusly." And that's this will start. We'll look at all you know during this show today, David. The very beginning, our Father, well, right there, it tells you many things. Number oh, one, yeah. our, yeah. Christianity is not a do-it-yourself religion. It's our, it's a family, it's community, mm-hmm. it's us collectively uh, experiencing the love of Christ and taking that to the world. Yeah. But they say, Father. Yes. Now, if you study other religions, they don't have this concept of God as a Father. Right. That's a very important attribute or title. He's called Father in the Old Testament just a handful of times in, in relationship mm-hmm. to Israel. Yeah. Just a, maybe four or five times. But in the New Testament, it's all through the New Testament, the idea that God is Father. Because Jesus establishes that um, relationship we have, that he reveals God to us right. as a Father. And we're going to see that later on when we come to the prodigal son and the Father that welcomes the sinner back when he's you know repentant yeah. and that. But the Father... Figure so that we can call him our father is very important. Oh, that's huge. You know, we're not, you know, he, yeah. he is the creator. He is the Lord. He is God. He is Jehovah. But he's our father. Yeah. I mean, uh, it, it's incredible to think about that yeah. the creator of the universe is now telling us that we are his sons and daughters and that we don't just look at him in reverence, even though that's what we're supposed to do, but the fact that he is considered our father. So it prompts yeah. the question, David, yeah. is everybody a child of God? Yes. 
Is everybody on the planet a child of God? Well, when you become, you, you have the opportunity to be a child of God when you become a Christian. That's the key, David, right, right there, what right. you said. Mm -hmm. We were made in the image of God yes. at the beginning, uh, but that image has been marred. We're <laughs> separated from God. We know that all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Right. So what you said is very true. We have the opportunity to become a child of God. That's why Jesus says, mm -hmm. John chapter 14, verse 6, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one can come to me except it's come to my father that right can come right He'll say in except through through me john chapter 1 verse 12 yeah to as many as received him to them he gave the privilege to become a child of god yes so the same way we're born into our natural family so too we're born into the family of god mm -hmm. that's what we call the born again yeah. experience where you repent and by faith you receive the Holy Spirit. Now you have a divine nature. Mm -hmm. Now you are a child of God, and we can call him Father. Mm -hmm. Otherwise, he's not hes not our Father. I mean, that's a harsh statement for it people is. sometimes. Yeah. Uh, when they think, hey, everybody's... Mm -hmm. But no. The Bible clearly says, mm -hmm. he that has the Son has mm -hmm. life. He yes. that has not the Son shall not see life, but the wrath of God abideth upon yes. that person. It says in Romans 8, if you have the mm -hmm. Holy Spirit of God in you, then you're a child of God. Otherwise, yeah. you're not. So, John, um, when you see people going to church, you know, I know a lot of people, I was one of them, sure. that would go to church once a week and put my hour, hour and a half in, and then I'd leave, and I never thought about much until I went back the following week. Mm -hmm. Are they considered children and daughters of God? No, because, again, it... it <clears throat> The way to become a child, you have to have the nature of your parents. Yeah. You have to have the, and so we don't have that divine nature before we receive right. it yeah. and become a child of God through mm -hmm. the new birth. You mm -hmm. might call it the new birth. It's why Paul will say in Second uh, Corinthians chapter thirteen, he's actually writing to kind of the scenario you just suggested, David. This is a church. It's in Corinth. Uh, people probably are assembling regularly together. Right. Right. Believing that they they're a Christian or whatever. Uh huh. But he, here's what he says, Second uh, Corinthians chapter 13. says, right. examine yourselves as to whether you are in the faith. Test yourself. Do you not know yourselves that Jesus Christ is in you unless you are disqualified? See, he's either in you or he's not in you. It doesn't matter if you go to church, give all your money away, uh, light candles, whatever. You know, It's and, not good deeds that no, get us into heaven. no. You've right. got to get in. Now, after that, good deeds are very important. Sure. But you have to be... That's why Jesus says to a very religious man mm -hmm. named Nicodemus in John chapter 3, mm -hmm. he's he's moral, he's a leader, he's a rabbi, he's a teacher, mm -hmm. he's very religious. First thing Jesus says to him is what? You must be born again. Yeah. And so, and, and talk about that. How, how are you born again? Okay. Yeah. Well, the born again is when, when you... Like when Peter preaches on the day of Pentecost, and people yeah. then say, what must we do to be saved? He says, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. Yes. In other words, believe is the same as receive, is the same as, um, it's the difference between reading a menu and ordering the food and eating the yes. menu. So that at that moment, you receive Christ. You, you realize you're a sinner. Mm -hmm. You want to turn from your old life yes. of sin, turn to him, yeah. and by faith you receive him. Yes. And he'll come into your heart. Yes. And that, that was what the Apostle Paul, I mean, it just... He never was the same right. after that happened to him on the road to Damascus. Everybody has some kind of experience. Some is more dramatic or emotional. Yeah. But the key is, is that new birth. That once you were lost, now you're found. Once you were dead, now you're alive. Yeah. You've moved from the one to the other. 
brand new life. I, I went to church. I'm grown up. I was a choir boy. I did this. I did that. But I was not a child of God. I wasn't really interested in the things of God. I simply did what I had to do. Yeah. But And then I lived almost like an atheist for several years until I came to an encounter, a personal encounter mm -hmm. with Jesus Christ and received that new life. And so in John 1, 1, and then John 1, 14, the Bible tells us that Jesus is God in the flesh, right. God in human form. We have to acknowledge that, right? Oh, yeah. and, and then there's actually a prayer that you can walk through to take Jesus as your Lord and yeah, Savior. Yeah, you can look at uh, verse 12, what is, if you're on John chapter 1, verse 12. Okay, well, John 1? Verse 12. Okay, let's go to John 1. That, that's where it'll talk about the, <clears throat> you can have that new life in Christ. Sure, so let me let me go to that just so. Uh, so John 1, verse 12, Yet to all who did receive him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. There you go. There that's it is. a critical issue right there. There it is. So it's not just going to church uh, once no, a week no, no, and no. you're done. No. And you're a part of this new race. Yes, we yeah. called it a new race in one of our previous shows, and I think it's really important to, to think about it that way because it's true. And when you're in a new race, what do you do? You leave your old race behind exactly you. right. That's exactly the beautiful right. thing. So all of our sins, when I was first talking to you, and you were telling me this story about how to take Jesus as my Lord and Savior almost a decade ago, right. uh, less than a decade ago, um, you know, you explained it to me. And when we started, when I started thinking about it as a new race, and I could, all of my past could be washed away, uh -huh. and I could be freed from it with the blood of Christ only. Right. That's how I get into the new fenced-in area with the new race. That's exactly right. And, and I think when you understand that, it's a lot easier to follow Christ because you realize everything has been forgiven and his blood has washed away all of your previous sins. That's right. It says yeah. in Corinthians, 2 Corinthians, yeah. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, yeah. he is a new creation. All things are passed away. Behold, all things are new. Yeah. So there you have it mm -hmm. that... Um, and in the, finally, in that same chapter 5 of 2 Corinthians, they'll say, For he made him, Jesus, who knew no sin, to be sin for us, right. that we might become the righteousness of God. Yes. And it's not mm -hmm. it's not what we do, it's what's been done. Yes. Now, after we receive Christ, we should yeah. go to church, be part of a fellowship, right. lead a holy life. Try and create disciples. Yeah, exactly right. Right. Then, so the, the yeah. formula is this. Mm -hmm. We are not saved by good works, but right. we're saved for good works. Right. That's important. You can't get the caboose in front of the engine. You got to get the engine first. That's and, right. And there's a lot of people that just don't understand that. They, they don't. So continuing on the prayer here, David, the Our Father. Yeah, let's do that. Mm -hmm. Some would suggest it's better named the Disciples Prayer because Our Father, Jesus wouldn't be asking for forgiveness of sins mm -hmm. for himself. But in chapter 17 of John, that's his high priestly prayer. That's where he's praying our, you know, to his father directly. The the thing I like about this, <clears throat> excuse me, is you know typically when I pray and I'm still learning how to pray. Pr prayer has been, you know, I, I think I have to improve in so many areas with prayer. So I'm always listening to you and I'm you know looking at how others pray that have been doing this a long time. But the key here is the first thing we do is we give acknowledgement to the Almighty Father who's re who is revered and praised above all else right. before we talk about our needs. Yeah, exactly right. There's going to be three to right. God. Right. It, right. So to me, that's kind of how 
before I open up any of my prayers, even if I'm not saying the Our Father, I try and do that first. Exactly right. Um, because it's important to do that. I figure if Christ said this is how we pray, we should probably listen and follow suit and then model it to our needs at that time. Right. You'll see three elements yeah. are directed <clears throat> towards God, and right. the four other elements or components of this prayer is, man, is man's needs. Now, right. when he says, Our Father... Uh, who art in heaven, mm-hmm. hallowed be thy name. That's the first one, his name. Mm-hmm. Now, to hallow a name means to set it apart, for yeah. to sanctify it. It's holy. Right. You don't misuse it. That's why the third commandment is, thou, thou shalt not take the name of the Lord thy God in vain. Now, this is very important in our culture today, David, because right. God's name is being taken in vain in, in, in movies and comedies and all this. That's a holy name. You know... Um, Th- that and, and I think that's one of the things that, that troubles me, you know, when I'm in a circle like that. And I it's tough to speak up about it, but I have. Mm. Um, even though, <clears throat> you know, you don't want to, I don't know. It's tough when you do that because people really don't understand where you're coming from. Right, right. But w- when you realize that there is no other name holier than the Lord, 1 Samuel 2, 2 uh, says that too, right. refers to it. It's a challenge to hear it being used in that manner. Right. Because um, the name of God yeah. is the name that we're saved by, right. the name we cast out demons by, the <clears> name <throat> we pray in, the name we give praises. It may be the last thing we say in our breath before yeah. we die. It's yeah. a holy, holy name. And we can spend our lives hallowing God's name. In other words, Jesus says in the Sermon mm-hmm. on the Mount, which we'll cover in a week or two, yeah. that he says, do your good deeds before <clears throat> men, right. that they might see them and glorify God in heaven. Right. So that's reflected. Yeah. See. It says in Corinthians, um, whether you eat or drink, do all, Mm -hmm. whatever you do, do all to the Mm -hmm. glory of God. It doesn't matter our age, our position, our profession. And put it this way, in the natural, really, as children, as we grow up, what we want to do is bring honor to our family name. My name is Mirtha, your name Mm is You want to, as you learn about life, you say, hey, I want my family name to be respected. Or people said, that was Mm -hmm. a good... Mm-hmm. They have a good reputation, that name. It's not been dragged in the mud. So how much more so our Heavenly Father, that when people look at you or look at me, yes. or look at, they go, hey, you know, he honors God. They used to have an expression in the old days. It was called, he's a God-fearing man. Mm-hmm. Do you remember that? I was, yeah. You see it in some old movies. He's a, he's a yeah. God-fearing yeah. man. It was the fact that people recognized something about that person that reflected God. Right. He feared God. He honored God. Mm-hmm. But he brought honor to God. So... This is the first one, you know. Hey, John, you know how many fights I got into when I was a kid if somebody said something about my mom or my dad? Yeah. Uh, Think about now at this level where we we are being forgiven of all of our sins. Uh, Jesus came down from a perfect existence to take human flesh to die one of the most incredible deaths you you could ever imagine. And um, so we, you know, we have to protect that. Yeah. Because uh, I don't even know how something like that started. To be honest, when you think about it, it it's just amazing to me that I don't even know how that could have been started to say Using this God's is a, name and yeah. Name. I just well, here's the thing, David. <clears throat> There's the difference between vulgarity and yeah. profanity. Right. Vulgarity is just. What it is is somebody with a weak vocabulary is trying to add emphasis to his speech. So he'll insert these words. Vulgarity is wrong and it's bad. Mm -hmm. But the profanity is in a whole different class. 
Some suggest that even demons tremble when human beings misuse God's name. It was so holy in the Old Testament, <clears throat> they wouldn't even write the full name out. Wow. It was so holy, you yeah. see. So uh, when you think, like you just described, yeah. how Jesus died for us, and right. if you really knew he did that, why would you ever use no, his name? Kidding. And yeah. um, people just don't know, and that's why right. they don't know the first verse mm-hmm. of the Our Father. Mm-hmm. Our Father, right? Hallow. So there's your first one, yeah. the first high priority. There it is. Hallow. Second one. Your kingdom come. Yes. That's your second. So first, mm-hmm. his name's to be hollow. And second, we're praying his kingdom to come. come. Right. Now, to pray his kingdom, when Jesus starts his ministry, he starts preaching the kingdom. Right. In Luke, when he sends out his <clears throat> disciples, yeah, he says, go into the village and say, the kingdom of God has come near you. So what it is, is God's kingdom, by definition, a kingdom is simply being under the rule and the reign of a king. That's really your right. operating. And God wants to rule and reign right. on this earth. Men right. are rebels. You know, men are out of sort. You know, it's all started with Adam and Eve way back at the beginning. But when Jesus was <clears> born, <throat> he was a king. Right. Remember the wise men come and say, where is this king? You know, they were Gentiles. When he was crucified, even Pilate put above the cross, Jesus of Nazareth, king, king of, of the, the Jews. Jews. Yeah. Well, He's coming back as king of kings and lord of lords. He is the king. Right. So when we pray, we pray thy kingdom come. Right. See, in a sense, his kingdom has come. It right. is coming. And it will ultimately come. When you read end of the book of Revelation, when God comes and every knee will bow, every tongue confess, Jesus Christ is Lord. He puts everything under his rulership, like a, a conquering king, if you yeah. will. So when we pray it, your kingdom come. One of the things we're praying is, Lord, I want to come under your reign. I want to come under your kingship. Right. I want to do those things that please you. Right. I, I want to avoid those things that grieve you. Yeah. You see, it, you know, here's the problem. We live in a democracy. We don't know what a monarchy is like. We don't know what it means to live under a king. But I lived for years in Thailand. Oh, yeah. And that was one of the oldest living kings ever. Oh, I'm serious. What The king of Thailand. Really? Yeah, he was a king for like 60 years. He oh, became a king when he was 20. My point being that people love this guy. They just revered him. Every home you go into in Bangkok or up in a little tiny village, you see a picture of the king because they oriented all their loyalty and thoughts towards the king. Now, he's just a man. He died yeah. five years ago. But how much more so should we as right. Christians orient our thought life, our motives, our desires toward our king? Yeah. Uh, thy kingdom come. Yes. Kingdom means a king. <clears throat> And, and what does that kingdom look like? I have two verses, John. First, we pray for the kingdom of God to take form, as you said, and uh, so that we can live in a world characterized by faith, hope, and love. 1 Corinthians 13, 13. I like Revelations 21, 1 to 4, uh-huh. where um, it says a new heaven. This is kind of what we're praying for. Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth, uh, for the first heaven and the first earth had passed away, and there was no longer any sea. I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride, beautifully dressed for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Look, God's dwelling place is now among the people, and he will dwell with them. They will be his people, and God himself will be with them and be their God. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes. There will be no more death or mourning or crying or pain 
for the old order of things has passed yeah, away. It's gone. The new king is the new rulership yeah. is come. That's and what we're praying for. Yeah, that that's essentially what we're doing. When you you know that's why Jesus says, "Seek ye first the kingdom of God and mm-hmm. His righteousness, then all these other things shall be added to you." So we seek Him first, and then things like raising children, career, jobs, education, housing, food, whatever. You gotta get I, when I teach this in the villages over mm-hmm. in Thailand. I said I'd use my shirt for an example. Mm-hmm. I said you get the first button right. Chance are yeah. all the other ones. If you <laughs> right. get the first button wrong, none of these line yeah. up straight. Right. Seek ye first yeah. the kingdom of God. That's what we're doing in mm-hmm. this prayer. Right. And all these other things. Yeah. A lot of people's lives are out of whack because they don't seek first yeah. the kingdom, the king, and his righteousness. Yeah. And their life is out that's of right. whack. And they're never satisfied. That, that's right. You know, I was always confused by this, you know, when I first got into it with you. Where it says, again, in Revelations 21, I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down from heaven. Right. You know, people have asked me, why why is it just focused on on the holy city being Jerusalem? Well, Jerusalem was the center. I mean, that that is where God dwelt in the temple, right? Everything... They call it the center of the world, mm-hmm. even to this day. Yeah. Jerusalem is, they, you know, that's where the prophets would come to. That's where the temple was established. That's where David reigned from. Well, that's where Jesus came on Palm Sunday, mm-hmm. and he was received mm-hmm. as king. The one time he allowed himself to receive, you know, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. But the temple was there. The church started there mm-hmm. on those steps. You know, Pentecost started there in Jerusalem. So Jerusalem is God's center. Yes, that's an excellent point. It's his center. That's piece. right. Yes. Okay. Okay. Yeah. That's where Jesus went and threw the money changers out. So if you think it's like the hub, I mean, we sit here today as believers talking across a Christian radio station mm-hmm. because of what happened in Jerusalem. Mm-hmm. But there's a future history with Jerusalem too. That'd be another topic. Right. But nevertheless, that's the center. That is the center of the, of the spiritual world, mm-hmm. if you will. That's where God is dealing. He chooses this little nation, a little group of people called the Jews, and he says, I'm going to dwell with you. Yeah. And then he reveals his law. But then the deal being that when, the, the, when God visits us in Jesus, the word became flesh, and they reject him, and they offer a perfect sacrifice on Passover, killing Jesus. Blood is shed. Then he's raised the third day. Where? In Jerusalem. Right. The early church, Pentecost starts in yeah. Jerusalem, right, and then the word goes out from there. Yeah, does that make sense? Yeah, yeah it just goes out. From well, there. The, yeah, that, that's a good explanation too. Okay, great. So, yep, we so we see, thy name mm-hmm. should be hallowed, thy kingdom we pray and it should come, mm-hmm. and thy will be done. This is the third one. Three often applies to God. That number eight, yeah, which I, which yeah, right. So he says, thy will be done. So this really is the essence of life. Am I going to do my will or am I going to do God's will? That's why I always had a problem with Frank Sinatra's song, I Did It My Way. Yeah. You don't want to do it your way, you see? You can try. Yeah, because <laughs> we don't have enough information to figure out life without revelation right. from God. That's why people get in so much trouble. Oh, isn't that the relate. truth? But once you come to know God through his will, you know what, what, he, mm-hmm. what pleases him and he teaches you how to pray, how to raise your children, how to all kinds of things, then you're coming under his will. Mm-hmm. And then, then, like Jesus in the garden, he prays three times in the Garden of Gethsemane. If it be thy will, take this cup from me, which yeah. was the cup of the suffering where he was going to be mm-hmm. crucified. But then at the end he says, nevertheless, not my will, but thy will be done. Yeah. That should be our prayer. You know, 
my will, you know, when my will, think of the cross, the, 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 the vertical beam goes upward towards God, right? Mm -hmm. Horizontal is like towards man, man to man. But it's also a cross in this sense. Jesus says, if you follow me, take up your cross. you got to die daily. Yeah. What's, what, what do you mean die? Well, if this is God's will here, and this is John Murtha's will going across here, something's got to happen. Let's say I hold anger in my heart or bitterness towards somebody. And God's word, we're going to see in a minute, says, don't hold bitterness, forgive that person. Well, even though I want to hold forgiveness. When I see God's will and my will, I have to crucify my, if I want to live a crucified life, and then I can live a victorious life, you see? Not my will, but thy will be done. That you can. That's why it says so much for believers, put to death the old man. Put off fornication, adultery, bitterness, lust, and then put it to death. Yeah. Because your will wants it. Right. God's will doesn't. Right. Where they cross, you have to make a decision. I want to die. You know, and you raise an excellent point. I mean, I think the way I've gone about this uh, since you started mentoring me uh -huh. is um, I think the thing I really carry forward is what Jesus t told us. He told us we will have trouble in this world. Mm -hmm. And he also told us to only worry about today for tomorrow will worry about itself. Right. So just focus on today. And that visual you just gave, it's a lot easier to take one day at a time one hour at a time, one minute at a time, because there's so many challenges we have with oh, yeah. our, our brain, and the enemy is always trying to put these thoughts in our head. I, I like what you said. I think uh, we mentioned this on the other show. You always told me it's okay for a, a bird to fly over your head. Just don't let it nest in your hair. Yeah, right. I don't have any hair. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, but anyway, it, it's a good reference for, I think, the bad things, the bad thoughts we have. Yeah, right. Because they're being yeah, transformed, right. yeah. But the thing is, we're not alone. Right. Because now that you have the Holy Spirit, right. He can illuminate. Mm -hmm. He can show you stuff in the Word. We know right. none of this stuff, right, no. David? We yeah, know I, oh. So all of a sudden, you start learning, yeah. and you're it's actually reprogramming your mind. It is. You know, you, and your desires. Yeah. And so, um, it's yeah. not, we're doing, and then we have other people. We have other believers. Yes. Well, just like we saw Which the movie about C.S. Lewis. Yes. We saw... And then you have oh, fellowship. Yeah. And they all encourage us along the way because Paul says, follow me as I followed Christ. God's put all these people in our life. Nobody's got it worked out completely, but we can help look at them a little bit and say, okay, I like how that person does. You know. And yeah, even the Godhead is made up of a, a trifecta, community. right? Community. So um, it is so important to remember that. And yeah, you mentioned we saw the C.S. Lewis movie. Remember, he was an atheist converted one of the best apologetics yeah, of all time. Century, yeah. But I didn't realize that one of his biggest influences was Jay Tolkien, yeah. and uh, who was a Christian too. So you just see how important it is to have people around you to help build your faith or to help create other disciples. Yeah, right. Exactly right. You, you got to have a group. Yeah. Um, That's why I come back to our yeah. father. It's not my father. It's, mm -hmm. it's our father. Only Jesus calls him my father. Right. Know, he has that unique relationship right. with him. Right. But yeah, yeah. It's, it's corporate, you know, right. it's community. And so here you have the three. Okay, thy name, thy kingdom, thy will. And we, how do you learn God's will? By God's word. Why don't people know God's will? They don't know God's word. They don't know what it is that we should do, what we should not do. At a basic level, they might. Yeah. But again, they don't know, uh, you know, what we should learn to do to know what God's will is. Uh, and again, this is uh, 
we're so grateful for this radio station, you know, 89.1 FM radio. Yes. Uh, the weekly show that we can get the word of God out like this. And really all we're doing is try to strengthen one another in the faith. Yeah. Nobody's got it all worked out or perfect. But I do believe there are instructions here that can give us a good life. They can give us a, a, a flourishing life, a life of meaning and purpose. Yeah, and, you know, I think, too, in the Our Father where it says uh, that will be done on earth as it is in heaven. John, isn't it true that Jesus summarized the entirety of God's word in two commands? I have it here, Matthew 22, uh -huh. 37 to 40, uh, where Jesus says, um, Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. And the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. All the law and the prophets hang on these two commandments. Right, right. All the law and the prophets. Right, Moses and the prophets. The right. second one is the hardest for me. Mm. Still, you know, especially, uh, and that's why you got to take each, each day yeah. at a time. Right, no, right. Uh, because, you know, uh, people are constantly stepping on your toes because of our sinful nature. And that's the hardest thing for me to, to this day. I am not perfect at it at all i have a lot to improve upon there yeah we all are in process yeah. you know we're all yeah. growing but think about it when he says thy kingdom come as as as, as it is, is in heaven, heaven so be on right. earth yeah. well we don't see it in heaven we see it through the pages of scripture we catch glimpses of mm -hmm. what heaven's like but because it's invisible we can manifest the kingdom here how we treat people yes how we live our life it's a manifestation of god's kingdom but isn't the key to um when we pray this petition, it's an act of selfish surrender to the will of God, yeah, right, right. which is one of the hardest things to do. But once you do it, you realize how freeing it is. Yeah. So when I first got into this with you, I always thought that if I stayed up late, if I you know, really thought about getting something done, yes. that I myself could convert somebody's decision yeah. or get a business deal done or I'd, I'd get other people to help me figure out the best way, strategy. It's a lot easier when you just put it in God's hands. Oh, yeah. Because doors that you never thought could open, open. Right. Things that you never could have got done yourself get executed. Yeah, right. There is no way you could have done that on your own. Right. We partner with God. Yeah. You know, we, right. we pray, God moves. And the supernatural... Yeah in a good way, comes into stuff to move mountains. Oh, yeah. And and that's what you see, um, you know, as part of this prayer, that will be done on earth. If it's his will, he will move those mountains yeah, for you. Right. And I think it, it comes back to everything, you know, earlier, where if, you do, if you're trying to do the right things, we're not going to do the right things all the time. If you're trying to do the right things, you have good intentions, you're trying to create disciples, you can't believe how things open up for you yeah, and your family and yeah. the people you care about. I, I've, we've said it so many times. You're right, because you're asking God to partner with you. You're right. asking God to, to, to yeah. help you, whatever right. the situation is. Yeah. And the Bible says in James, mm -hmm. we have not because yeah. we ask not. Right. And we're going to see that in a little bit here. But we want to include God. I mean, I always say this. We could go across Lake Erie. We could, you could roll across Lake Erie. Yeah. You'd be tired. You'd be fatigued. You'd have to fight waves. But you could do it. You yeah. could probably do it. Yeah. Or you can hoist up a little sail, catch the wind, work the rudder, and you get over there, and you were you have to do something. You don't have mm -hmm. to adjust the sail. You have to fix the rudder. But nevertheless, you're allowing another power 
to do the majority. Yeah. That's like when we come to God in prayer. Right. We're allowing the Holy Spirit to guide us. We're adjusting the rudder. Am I going the right direction? Is this your will? But he's going to get us to the other side much easier. Yeah, and, and the other thing we're doing is we're requesting from God to give us the strength to follow his will. Yeah. And so we need that. I, I know I need that. Yeah, I, I need him to keep me focused and not, you know, start start trying to force an issue that that you can't can't get through on your yeah, own. Right. Exactly. But anyway, yeah. yeah. So those are the first three, David. Yeah. With regards our prayer directed to God right. as it should be. Mm-hmm. Then he says, "Give us this day, or day by day, our daily bread." Right. Now, this shows there's two things a, a good father does in the natural. He will provide mm-hmm. and he protects. Yeah. We're going to see that in this prayer. Here's the provision. He provides and he protects. Mm-hmm. We should ask God for our necessities. Now, necessities could be employment, could mm-hmm. be health. Mm-hmm. But we do this on a daily basis. Yes. You can't pray last year for today's needs. The other thing might have a spiritual ramification. He's speaking to his disciples who are Jewish. They're all Jewish. Well, they remember in the Old Testament when God provided bread and they had to pick it up day by day. You couldn't store it; it would rot. It would yeah, the dust. manna, yeah, right, manna the manna from heaven, from heaven. in the desert. So they might have thinking that yeah. because so you got two tracks here. One is just everyday real needs that we need, you know, food on the table, roof over our head, uh, job opportunities, mm-hmm. whatever that might be. But also it might be spiritual. Yes, Jesus says, "Man shall not live by bread alone, yes. but by every word uttered by the mouth of God." Peter in First Peter says, "As a newborn baby, there's that idea of being born into God's family." Desire the sincere milk of the word. So we're ingesting to get stronger. And then Jesus, that's milk and then Mm -hmm. bread. And later Paul will say to Mm -hmm. the Corinthian church, I want to give you strong meat. In other words, deeper stuff of the Bible. But you just couldn't handle it. So I I see both of these elements here. I I think you're absolutely right. I mean, the spiritual, I mean, the, the, the sustenance of the spiritual connection gives us strength too, John, right? To help create disciples. Yeah, so, right. and, and that's in John 6, 48 to 58, where um, the word of God, communion with Christ, who is the bread of life that comes down from heaven so that whoever feeds on this bread will live forever. Exactly right. We're asking for the strength to do his will so that we can live forever right. with him in paradise. Right. right? Yeah, we partake of that, that right. his nature. We actually are partaking of his That nature. sounds pretty darn good to me. Well, that's you know, it's it's hard it's hard to do, but man, uh, you talk about a reason to to change your life. This and is a reason be, if yeah. anybody's listening, right. That has never really looked at the claims of Christ. Right. I mean, I didn't when I left the oh, church. I didn't either. Here. Yeah. But once you look at it and see what he's he's so right. different right. than any other religious leader. Right. Number one, he only lives to be about thirty three years old. He dies a criminal's death. Know. That's not the same right. in Islam or Buddhism mm-hmm. and these others, but. What, what he offers us, he says, I come that you might have life and life more abundantly. But I mean, that's what he offers us. I mean, it offers you the best explanation for life. It tells you how this whole thing started. Yes. It tells you the nature of God. Here we're looking at his fatherhood. Mm-hmm. It tells you the nature of man, that we're desperately lost mm-hmm. in need of a savior. It tells us how to pray. It tells mm-hmm. about the angelic realm, the demonic realm. It tells us about the consummation of the ages. We're going to spend eternity. Yeah. It's the best explanation for living, for dying, for raising your children, mm-hmm. for you name mm-hmm. it, fill in the blank, for mental health. Yeah. And, you know, we were out together the other night and you brought up again uh, the issue about life is like a vapor. Mm-hmm. You know, the Bible says it's like a vapor. Right. And before you blink, 
you're going to be sitting in your rocking chair wondering what you've left behind. Exactly right. And so the beautiful thing about this is don't wait. But there's also, you know, you, you can, if you think you can't because of what you've done, we just explained to you that's not true and accurate. Right, right. So you really have to understand that. And then I tell you, run for this fence line. You don't walk, run. Oh, yeah. You know, if you can get a motorcycle, whatever you can, get to this fence yeah. line Today's because you can't salvation. you can't believe how it'll change your life. So not just um, your life, but the people yes, in your life, the people around you, and other people that uh, that you've been in contact with that eventually you start you know feeding into them. Uh, but it's a process. You know, I, I know I don't do it right all the time. I, I know I still got issues. I still have enemies. Uh, I still have bad relationships, but we do the best we can. And, and I think in your heart, it's, it's important to do the best you can and keep surrounding yourself with good people and praying for strength right, right. so that you can improve where you're still missing exactly right. uh, areas in your life. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's just such an abundant life that God wants to give us. And he's shown us so much in this right. short prayer. Yeah. I mean, this thing is only four verses. I know. I mean, this is... It, it is it is the perfect prayer. Yeah, it is. It's a, it's a template, you know? And then he'll say, yeah. okay, so there's that idea. But this day by day or daily, really, mm. when you consider, this shows us our daily dependence on God mm-hmm. for, for natural things as well as spiritual. It's not, I did this last Christmas or I committed my life to Christ, you know? It's an ongoing thing. And we should have this kind of a daily, because they've been watching Jesus pray daily. Yeah. That's why I prompted this question, yeah. teach us how to pray. Yeah. So this is comes the second, maybe the most important element on our part, is that, and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive everyone who's trespassed against us. Yes. This is the heart wow. of the Christian message. It is. And um, notice, I believe this is daily also, that we examine ourselves, and did I... Mm. hurt somebody or did I mm-hmm. you know and should I ask for forgiveness or should they come and ask forgiveness of me because why because we have, are a forgiven people we should be a forgiving people see we're, remember that the cross mm-hmm. again mm-hmm. because the vertical our relationship to God has been restored through Jesus therefore our horizontal our relationship to other men people should also be established mm-hmm. but the key is forgiveness Forgive. It answers man's biggest problem. Man's biggest problem is sin. The biggest, the only thing to do with sin is to get it forgiven. We cannot yeah. pay the wages of sin. It clearly says the wages of sin is death. Yeah. We all owed. We had like a rap sheet. We we, we accrued all this sin, whatever it might be for you know, and then, uh, well, if, who's going to pay those wages? I mean, who's going to go before the judge? So it's like if a guy does a bank robbery and he gets mm-hmm. ten years and he does his time in prison, he comes yeah. out, we say he paid his debt yeah. to society. Mm-hmm. He paid it. Right. But how do we pay our debt to an all-holy God? There, there's no way we could. I mean, Adam failed. The first Adam failed. The only way to have the perfect sacrifice was Jesus Christ. And that's what If happens. he didn't come, we wouldn't have been saved. That's right. We, we'd be a walking skeleton, and then so, it's over. You're so in the ground, and the it's over with. Yeah. So to speak of God. Right. And we don't stand a chance. No way. You know? yeah. And then he says, we plead the blood of Jesus Christ, as the, as they did in Egypt. Remember right. when they put the blood over the door? Yes. And they were freed from mm-hmm. uh, slavery, which mm-hmm. is a type of sin. So, too, we plead the blood of Jesus Christ and say, I fully trust in his sacrifice for me personally. And then it says, you're forgiven. 
Yeah. Then it, that's why it goes to Second Corinthians five. He who knew no sin became sin for us. He takes it that we might become the righteousness of God. What an exchange! No kidding. See what an exchange. Yeah. Therefore, we should forgive others. Now Jesus gives a parable. I'm going to summarize it here, but he says it's like a, this guy owed a debt to the master. Mm -hmm. Okay. Let's say a million dollars. He can't pay it. He goes to him. He says, now back in those days, they could throw you in the debtor's prison. Yes. Take your children, put them in indentured labor, yeah. all kinds of stuff. But he begs, he begs. The guy goes, okay, I'm going to forgive you that. And then this guy goes out that's been forgiven. He finds somebody that owes him a hundred dollars. And what does he do? He starts beating them and says, pay me my money. You owe me that money. You owe me that money. <laughs> See, he couldn't take that same forgiveness he received and apply it to somebody else in his life. So too, we've been forgiven like $10 billion and yeah. we've got to be able to forgive people now. And, and what you said, it's actually um, depicted in Mark uh, eleven twenty five, where it says, and when you stand praying, if you hold anything against anyone, forgive them so that your Father in heaven may forgive you and your sins. That's exactly right. Yeah. This is so important it's, because yeah. here's where the enemy can get in. I'm going to just show you real quick. Yeah. If you look at 2 Corinthians chapter 2, just one little item here, and then we'll get into the whole thing of the other. Chapter 2? Chapter 2, he's talking about forgiveness. 2 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 10. Okay. Um, anyone you forgive, I also forgive. And what I have forgiven, if there was anything to forgive, I have forgiven in the sight of Christ for your sake. Okay, now look at it. Four times forgiveness yeah. is mentioned there. He's saying, what happened? You have to go to the other letter. But the uh, this guy mm -hmm. had been put out of the church. Now he's repented. He's coming mm -hmm. back. Paul says, receive him back. Forgive yeah. him. Forgive him fully. He mentioned it four times. But look at the next verse says, verse 11. In order that Satan might not outwit us. For we are not unaware of his schemes. What's his scheme? What's his point of entry? Oh, to turn everybody against it. Right, yeah. Unforgiveness, right. And he's saying because we do this, yeah. we know what his strategy. Because if you yeah. have unforgiveness, yeah. it'll break a marriage, it breaks a friendship, it breaks siblings, mm -hmm. it breaks a church, it breaks mm -hmm. a team. That's his, mm -hmm. he wants to rob, kill, and destroy. Mm -hmm. Okay, but Jesus come that we might have. But if we know his strategy. Yeah, it's a portal for him to get in. It's a, now yeah. Jesus is teaching us here. He's telling us how to how to, how to protect exactly ourselves right. and the people around us. Exactly right. Yeah. We're, you know, again, we brought this up before. You're in this warfare, this spiritual warfare, whether you want to be or not. Yeah, right. Yeah. It doesn't matter if you're an infant or you're 95 years old. You're in it. You're in it. And so I, I think once you understand that and get aware of that, then all this will make a lot more sense to you. Yeah, you, we cannot yeah. deny it. These are the yeah. cards we're dealt. We come into this yeah. life, here's the deal. Mm -hmm. Okay, but God has given us a way through this life. Mm -hmm. He tells us about yeah. our eternal life. Yeah. But he's saying this is serious business. you got to get, mm -hmm. this, get this right because you're going to influence a whole lot of people, yes. either for good or right. for bad. And one of the ways is this forgiveness. Mm -hmm. Somebody has described unforgiveness. Well, I hold a grudge against somebody. They call, they call it frozen anger. It's just you get this thing in your heart and you won't let it go. And a lot of people have a root of bitterness. Oh, they yeah. break a family. Mm -hmm. Just little things, you know. You see this yeah. in sports teams. Somebody has an attitude and there's unforgiveness. And he, 
big problem. But because Jesus forgave us, we have to figure out a way to forgive that other person or to receive forgiveness if we've wronged them. This is a major, major the, thing. The, I, I, think, I think the best way, uh, too, to look at it is when you forgive somebody, you're really freeing yourself. Yeah, exactly. You know, and, and you think, no, you should hold on to this because you you want to hurt that exactly. person. You're, you know, you want all this hate in your mind to hurt that person. It's really not the way it works yeah, in the end, it's man. Really it's really not the way it works. So, um, you know, and that's tough for me because I'm a type A personality and uh, the way I was raised and was in construction early on as uh, one of my companies and you had to be tough and you everything else but let me tell you there's no way like this way exactly Jesus's right. way is the only oh, way yeah. and it is probably the most freeing thing you will ever do yeah. in your life yeah if nations could learn this we would yeah. be more that's but right the critical issue mm -hmm. is that idea of forgiveness and I you know and, yeah but notice it says forgive us our trespasses he's praying that on a daily basis so somebody suggested a Christian, is somebody that repents daily. I don't mean for salvation, but just examining mm -hmm. where I slip up and I'm asking God, forgive mm. me. Keep that ongoing. I'll give you an example. Remember in the upper room when the night before he was crucified, mm -hmm. Jesus took a bowl of water mm -hmm. and a towel mm -hmm. and he started washing, washing the, the feet of the feet disciples. And that was like the lowest yeah. servanthood right. to do that. It was just almost degrading. But then Peter says, no, Lord, you won't do this. And he says, I must do this. Uh, if you want to be my disciple. And he says, then wash my whole body. Typical Peter. But he says, your whole body is clean, but your feet have need of washing. In other words, when you're saved, you're okay with God, but you're out in the world walking around, metaphorically, and that needs a daily cleansing. So too, we're saved. We've been washed in the blood, but we're out in this world, and we, we make a mishap or an accident, or uh, we, we say something we shouldn't say. We should reflect on that and, and wash those feet. You know, get on with it. So I believe nothing affects our union once we come to Jesus Christ. We'll do a show on this once. But our communion, our day-to-day -day walk with Him can be affected. Think of a marriage. If it's a really strong marriage, nothing's going to affect that union. Because the husband and wife realize it's not based on happiness today. It's yeah. based on a covenant right. we made when we got married before right. God and man. Mm -hmm. But the communion, the day-to-day the up or down of the situation in that family it might be very, very high. We're really together mm -hmm. and everything's well. Or there could be a down thing where you're really on the outs or not speaking or, you know, it's not good. But I'm just saying, but the union is intact. But the so too with our Lord, once you're a believer, once you're a child of God, that union is secure. I believe the scripture says it. But our everyday life with him, we must seek to do those things that please him. And if we offend him, we must, as it says in John, if we say that we have no sin, we lie, and the truth is not in us. But if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just. So stay, as much as we get daily bread, I think we have to get daily repentance. I like just that. To stay closer and closer mm -hmm. to God. I like that. And he'll help us because he told us to pray for this. Yeah. So there we have those two elements that are mm -hmm. in regards to men. Daily bread and then <clears throat> um, the forgiveness issue. Now, here comes this next one, and this is very important. Mm -hmm. It says... And do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Or some some additions will have the evil one. Um, now, what does it mean, do not lead us into temptation? Now, we know that God does not tempt us to sin. Yeah. It says that clearly in James. I mean, you might have that verse. But it's, uh, he basically says, says this. 
he shows us the process. He says, let no one say he is tempted. I am tempted by God. For God himself cannot be tempted of evil, nor does he tempt he himself tempt anyone. But each one, that's us individuals, is tempted when he was drawn away by his own desires yeah. and enticed. Then when desire has conceived, it gives birth to sin, and sin, when it is full grown, brings forth death. So it starts in the individual. But what does it mean then? Do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. You might have something to share on this, but one of the things we know that God does test people. He did it with Abraham to offer up his son. He did it with Job. It was the spirit that drove Jesus into the wilderness to be tempted. Tempting is, is this is testing. You see what I'm saying? To strengthen our faith. The devil tempts us to destroy our faith. There's yeah. a big difference. Well, it, it doesn't, isn't free will the key there? Uh, the fact that, that God gave us free will and that opens up temptation to us. Yeah, we're learning. Right. The, the enemy could be active right. here. For example, yeah. if you look at Luke chapter 22, this is why prayer is so important. If you look at Luke chapter 22, verse um, 31 and 32. 31 and 32? Uh -huh. Okay. Simon, Simon, Satan has asked to sift all of you as wheat. But I have prayed for you, Simon, that your faith may not fail. And when you have turned back, strengthen your brothers. So this is a powerful verse. Oh, here. yeah. So what Jesus is saying, Simon, of course, is Peter. Mm -hmm. He says, Satan has asked for you mm -hmm. that he might, in other words, he wants to kill you. Yeah. Now, Satan might has got his eye on Peter because he's a leader. Okay? That's why he's the one that says, thou art the Christ, the son of the living God. When Jesus says, who do you say mm -hmm. that I am? Mm -hmm. But then he says, don't go to the crucifixion. And Jesus says, get thou behind me, Satan. See, Satan was kind of there. But Peter, Peter's problem was his pride to a degree. When Jesus is walking on the water, he says, let me walk too. I want to get on the water and walk, you see. He says, so he, Satan kind of knows what's going on with this guy. And so he's saying, he's asking permission of God. Satan, Satan has a rope or a leash. He can't just go whole scale and just destroy him. He's got to go through God, just like he did. You see that in Job. He says, Satan has asked permission that he might kill you. Basically, sift you like wheat. This is what we call slice and dice you. And he says, but I have prayed for you. What are we learning in the Lord's Prayer? How to pray against yeah. temptation. You see how this yeah. works? That your faith <clears throat> would be strong. Yeah. Now, look, when in the Garden of Gethsemane, when they came to arrest Jesus, what did Peter do? He took out a sword and, and he cut off the, uh, the Roman soldier's ear. Do you think he was aiming for his ear? No. You don't swing a sword yeah. and aim for an he ear. Was, he was what if he would have killed that servant? He would have died on the spot. Probably. He would have died on the... Yeah. And, and Satan would have been happy. Right. You see that? How about when he denied Jesus three times? And then he sees Jesus. He's going from one trial to another. And he's undone. Yeah. He's just crying. And we he could have committed suicide at that moment. He, yeah. But he didn't. Why? Jesus prayed for him. There it is. Do you understand why it's so important to pray? You know, to pray. Uh, that's what I was sharing with people, even in our own family. For years, my wife and I prayed for our children and now my grandchildren that God would really bring good, righteous people into their mm -hmm. lives. Friends, yeah. peers, coaches, Spouses. teachers, influencers, yeah. and keep toxic people, right. spiritually harmful people, yes. out of their lives. We do the same prayer. And, and yeah. people might say, well, do you ever see anything? 
All I can tell you is what happened in our. I'm not. We're all susceptible. Oh yeah. But God has honored that prayer for us in so many ways. Yes. And now I'm seeing the next generation, my grandchildren. So Jesus just doesn't give us these prayer leads here, this prayer information, just like oh, mm-hmm. you know, this rhymes or something. Mm-hmm. This is real deal stuff. It's real deal stuff. You know. Yeah. And so when you understand this, you go, okay, I'm going to incorporate that in my prayer life. I'll show you another thing about mm-hmm. this praying against yeah. temptation. Look at John chapter 17. We'll start wrapping this up. We're very happy, everybody, that tuned in today. Uh, we could actually do another whole session on this, David. Easily. But we're going to yeah. switch and look at the Sermon on yep. the Mount. <clears throat> this is Jesus' high priestly prayer. This mm-hmm. is this is it, okay? Um, all red letter here. And he allows his apostles to see this. Right. And that's where he says, he verse 1 and 2, he, wants, he says, I've glorified you, Lord. I'm, now I, he's, he's going to pray for believers. Notice what he says in verse 20. Okay. My prayer is not for them alone. I pray also for those who will believe in me through their message. He's saying here, I'm not praying for these apostles alone, but for who? For us. For us, right. by extension, right? 2000, he's praying for us. But he prays many things. We won't go into all of them. But look what he does. Uh, look what he prays in verse 15. My prayer is not that you take them out of the world, but that you protect them from the evil there one. There you go. Yeah. See that? See that? See, unbelievers don't know this, David. That's why the enemy has access to them, to lead them down the road to pornography, to drug, to alcoholism, to bitterness, to lust. They, they're, not, they're not aware of this, number one, and they don't know how to pray against it, number yeah. two. Do you see how God has equipped mm-hmm. us? Yep. I mean, there he is praying. He's praying yeah. to keep them from the evil right. one, keep these guys from the evil one. And now he's teaching us how to pray in the Lord's Prayer about this coming against the enemy. Do you see how he's yes. resourced us? Yeah. There's an old saying, to be forewarned is to be forearmed. Mm-hmm. If we know this, we can pray this. And man, you just want to share this with people and say, man, you don't have to go through a lot of these hardships right. of interpersonal relationships and attacks and nightmares and right. all the attack of the enemy, whatever right. it comes. You can, doesn't mean you're not going to be hassled, but all I know yeah. is here's what he said to do, let's do it. You'll see, mm-hmm. I th- you'll see benefits. Right. God doesn't just say, these aren't suggestions. These are really instructions he's given to his most intimate followers here. Right. So as we bring this to a close, David, I mean, <laughs> like I said, what is this, four verses, this Lord's Prayer? It's amazing. It is amazing. Anyone that reads this could say, <clears throat> when you look at just the parables of Jesus and the prayer instructions, no man wrote this stuff. Mm-hmm. You couldn't get a group of people together and start scripting this kind of stuff. No way. And then, then you add the miracles. Then you add the fulfilled prophecies. Jesus is who he says he is. And we're going to be talking more about this as we approach Thanksgiving and especially the incarnation as we approach Christmas. So thanks again, David. Thanks for everybody listening in. God bless you all. Have a, have yes. a great weekend. Yeah. Have a great weekend, everybody. And uh, go over the Lord's Prayer. Look at what it says there in yeah. Matthew 5 and Luke chapter And start 1. using it if you can. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> God bless you all.